Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Hope you've had a great weekend so far and hope you have a great week going forward. Uh, here we are at Mental Times Bump and Run Coverage Podcast, episode 14. As always, your two hosts uh, to get you through this, uh, myself at NG Triplet, along with at TM Swish. You already know about him hitting off tees and draining threes. Before we get started, we'll get to our housekeeping as we always do, and then got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, a lot of information besides just the, the games, a lot of news going on too. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Uh, you can follow us at mentaldimes.com for all your sporting needs. We cover all the major sports as well as uh, for those of you that like to do any online betting or betting on these games, you can get the hottest tips there. Turn, turn your dimes to dollars. So check us out at mentaldimes.com. On Twitter, for us specifically, T-Mac and I at College Football, at Mental Dimes CFB. Uh, of course, we've already given you our personal Twitter accounts. You can interact with us there. And then uh, for just Mental Dimes, at Mental Dimes, uh, which is not specific to college football, that is uh, all of the sports. So uh, a lot of stuff going on, but let's get to it, T-Mac. Uh, I know you went to a game last night. Uh, tell us where you went. Give us your thoughts on that game, and 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 that'll kick off the show. What do you got for us, man? Man, Coach Tripp, thanks thanks for asking. Uh, looking forward to another great week. It was another great week in the college football. Uh, I did get the chance to go check out a wonder, a great game last night. It was uh, here in our area, here of course here in Central Texas. As I got to go see our our little team, we've jumped on the bandwagon for UTSA. I got to see them go travel to Austin, and uh, they gave the Horns quite a bit of. Uh, they gave him a good fight right there. It was a, it was a really good game. Texas in the end prevailed. Uh, DKR Memorial Stadium was rocking last night. UTSA had lots of fans there, and of course the Burn Orns they were showing out for their squad as well. And it was it was a really good game. I mean I mean for for three quarters, three and a half quarters, it was a close game. I don't think the score necessarily the final score ended up being forty one to twenty. I don't think that final score ended up necessarily uh, showing how close of a game that really was. But it it was a great game. Um, you know, Bijan Robinson, you had all the stars in that game really show out. You know, Bijan Robinson had a great game for Texas. Frank Harris showed out for UTSA, and uh, both defenses were pretty solid for most of the game. I know, I know that 41 spot is, is not a low number, but but the defenses were pretty good for, for about three, three and a half quarters in that game. And it was it was a lot of fun. Um, both teams didn't disappoint. I think Texas is for real. I think they're a really, really solid program. I think uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit later in the show uh, as well, but I think Texas is a really good team, and UTSA is a really good team. I, you know, I know we've talked about them plenty of times. You know, some when we had Ashley Pickle on, she said they might be the best zero and three team in the nation. You know, I think it might be fair to say they're the best one and two team in the nation right now, as they've they've had a good start to their season. But but uh, it was a great game. It was a great atmosphere. Is what college football is all about, and I, I had a blast last night. Great. Let me ask you this uh, about the game. You know, uh, UTSA uh, scores first. Um, they get the field goal. And then, um, you know, they end up going with an onside kick, recover that, and score again. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, uh, their head head coach, Trailer, he, he comes from the high school football ranks, uh, extremely successful, multiple state championships, and and uh, sounds like a, a bit of a riverboat gambler, and it, and it paid off early for them. Uh, what is your take on that? I love the aggressiveness early on. You know, you're not the you're not the favorite in that game. You're going into Austin. No one's expecting you to win. And 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 I'll tell you what, Jeff, Jeff Trailers for real. I know we've given him lots of high praise on this show. He is the real deal. Jeff Jeff Trailer is a great coach. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. So UTSA's got him locked up. I love that call. I mean, DKR was was you could hear a pin drop. I mean, when after after the UTSA crowd calm down a little bit after recovering that onside kick. The Texas crowd was was absolutely just stunned. Uh, you know, UTSA took a really good, a big lead in that game. You know, that first half they were up 17 to 7 at one point. And and you know that yeah, it was I, I love it. I love it. It was a it was it was a ballsy call from from trailer. I don't think anybody in the stadium expected it. And that's why he did it. You know, that's why he did it right there. Absolutely. All right. So before we get into some of the games, let's talk a little bit about some news going on. You know, last week we talked about Nebraska firing Scott Frost. Uh, so they have an, their interim coach. Uh, they go in and they get uh, uh, blasted by Oklahoma. Uh, not surprising. Oklahoma is really good. Nebraska struggling 49-14 and Nebraska uh, fires uh, their defensive coordinator, uh, Eric uh, 
Chinanta. Um, and then uh, other coaching news changes. Uh, Arizona State uh, has fired Herm Edwards. Uh, and there had been some, uh, they're in the midst of an NCAA investigation. Plus they had, uh, you know, the loss, uh, big loss to, I believe it was Eastern Michigan. Uh, so some coaching changes there, you know, three games into the season and, and uh, the, the shakeup in Nebraska continues. And now Arizona State is searching for a head coach. What do you make of that and the timing of, of, of this, uh, these moves? I have my mic muted because okay. <laughs> I like for some reason some uh, college football ads like to start playing on my computer while we're doing the mid show. But um, man, Nebraska, you can't you can't help but feel bad for them. I mean, I mean they're trying so hard. They want to get it right, and it's just it's just kind of a little it's just a dumpster fire there in, in Lincoln right now. I mean they just you know nothing's going their way. You know you lose Scott Frost, which. I've mentioned before they didn't want to have to do that, and now you get rid of a defensive coordinator. They, these guys don't want to make all these changes in the middle of the season like this. I mean, this is not this is not something they want to have to do, and it's uh, it, it's really it's not looking good in Nebraska. I hope I hope they can get it figured out in the off season. You know, I think right now it's, for them, it's just playing damage control, uh, do what you can do, um, you know, try to salvage the season, have a little bit of respect to to finish the season. You know, probably not going to make a bowl game, especially the way they've looked. Um, you've got a little bit of hope there. I mean, Casey Thompson, the quarterback they've got. I mean, I mean, he's got a lot of experience, you know, being at Texas and everything. So uh, you've got you've got a quarterback there that knows how to play. It's just it's just getting the right pieces in there, getting the right coaching staff in there. And I know the athletic department; they've got a lot lot to get figured out in the off season if if you're Nebraska. And um, uh, you know, Herm Edwards over there at Arizona State. Uh, you know, I love Herm Edwards to death. I've been you know fortunate to grow up seeing him on. TV, you know, before his, you know, got, uh, you know, ESPN and everything. I know he's obviously got the the NFL coaching background. You know, Jets are the first one to come to mind um, for his his coaching background. You hate to see it if you're Herm Herm Edwards because he's such a likable guy. But you know, some, something's got to change out there in Tempe if you're, if you're if you're Arizona State. You know, both both of those the two big programs there in Arizona really struggled now for. For quite a bit of time now, you know Arizona and, and Arizona State, so they they've got a, they've got some work to figure out this offseason as well. So here's a name that's that's been floated around in in conjunction with both potentially the Nebraska job and obviously there's uh, uh, Brian Harish at, at Auburn is is certainly on uh, probably the the coach on the hot seat the hottest seat right now now that Scott Frost is gone and um, people are speculating that um, Urban Meyer may come back and. And listen, uh, I have strong feelings about this, and I'm going to give you just some, some examples why. There's no doubt that the guy can do it X's and O's, at least in college. He's got three national championships, one in 2006 and 2008 in Florida, another one in 2014 at uh, um, Ohio State. Obviously, um, you know, prior to that, he, he was wildly successful. Uh, but you look at his last few stops, uh, they did not end well uh, in the wake of of not necessarily wins and losses, um, but the, the the mess left behind. Obviously, uh, the, with in the NFL, uh, he went two and eleven before being uh, fired reportedly, uh, kicking and demeaning his kicker, uh, referring to assistant coaches as losers. Um, and then 2018, he left uh, Ohio State University um, due to some health concerns. So I certainly don't begrudge him that. But if you remember when that. Uh, as that was going down, he was under fire for uh, looking the other way or being having been aware of some domestic abuse um, allegations against uh, one of his coaches that he brought over uh, to Ohio State with him. Uh, and then in, in Florida, you know, while he was there, there was uh, over 30 arrests of 25 different players. Um, allegedly, again, um, you know, speculation that that there was covered uh, cover up for failed drug tests uh, and Obviously, um, Aaron Hernandez was there, and uh, there's allegations that his behavior and drug use was covered up there as well. So no doubt the guy can do it X's and O's uh, wise, but if you're um, an athletic director, um, how badly do you want to win? Are you willing to sell your soul uh, to get wins and losses, but maybe uh, damage uh, the reputation of your program in the long term? Um, because when he leaves, some and, and invariably he does, he, he doesn't stick around long. Somebody's got to clean up that mess. 
Um, and so, again, speculation, people have been talking about maybe Nebraska supposedly had reached out to him. I don't know if he's responded. Uh, then some other stuff is, is, would he be a good fit at Auburn? What are your thoughts on one, uh, Urban Meyer, um, if you think he would come back to uh, college uh, coaching? Uh, and then two, uh, should he come back or, or should a school roll the dice and gamble with, with somebody with this kind of uh, checkered past as, uh, as far as ethics go? Uh, at the university level, it's it's a great uh, topic of discussion. You know, you can't deny a uh, wonderful football mind. You know, a, a fantastic football coach. He's got the resume. He knows how to win. He knows the game of football, especially at the the college level. Um, so you, you, you know, you'd be a fool to deny how how good of a football mind he is. But man, it's. It's a it's a lot to risk, you know. It's a lot comes a lot comes with it, you know. I mean, he said, I mean, there's lots of messes to be cleaned up everywhere he's been, just about. And uh, you know, I think I think he's built enough up of, of a built up a reputation enough that you got to think if if you if you roll the dice and you bring him in, either you're going to have something you got to you got to clean up, you know. I mean, and you don't like you said, you don't know how long he's going to stick around for. You know, he's got a track record of, of, you know, not staying around very long, you know, and, you know, fan fantastic programs. He's built at Florida, goes back to, to Ohio state and his alma mater and, and, and has, you know, plenty of success, success there wins a national championship and still a mess to be cleaned up, you know, gosh, you couldn't even get it right in the NFL. I mean, he was dismissed from the Jacksonville Jaguars last year and can't even get it right at the professional level. So, you definitely rolling the dice, like you said. If you bring him in, should he? Um, I mean, I mean, if it's tough, I, I I just don't know if I would take a risk on him. If I'm a college team, if I'm if I'm a college, you know, maybe if you're a professional team and you want to take a risk on him, you know, that you've got grown adults there uh, that are that you're playing for in the NFL. But if you're a college team, if you're an athletic director, are you willing to uh, put your? I don't want to say necessarily put your kids at risk, but are you willing to, you know, bring in a guy that's got a history of, of not making, you know, the most ethical decisions? And, you know, he's I, – I don't think it's worth it if you're a college team to bring him in. You know, and if you're urban, you're at this point in your career, what else do you have to prove? I mean, you've got, you've got three national championships. Um, you know, you, you've got plenty of wins. You've, you know, you got to, you, you got to know if you're urban too, you know, you, you, he knows he's not well liked. Um, I think he's respected in the football world. I think people know how good of a football coach he is, but urban's got to know how, how people view him. And I think that, I think if you're urban, I think the best thing for him is probably just stay with TV, stay with Fox and stay, stay in TV where he's at right now. I, I would agree. I would think, and, and I don't think he's to this point yet. And I don't know that, that, that he has this in his personality. The only draw I would think to bring him back in, um, because as you said, he's got the three national championships. He's got plenty of money. Uh, obviously he, he is a competitive spirit because otherwise he wouldn't be such a great coach, but taking that aside, I think the only thing that would really benefit him would be if at some point he wanted to try to uh, rehabilitate his reputation and if that's the case, maybe then you come in at a maybe a, a smaller school or a less successful school and really focus on on building things the right way. And I don't think that he's there yet. And, and I'm not saying he should be. You know, um, I'm just saying uh, I, I think the gig he has, I think he's happy with it. He gets to be involved with the sport, um, but he doesn't have the pressures of the daily um, game planning, wins and losers, recruiting, that kind of thing. So. Um, all right, great. Well, I just wanted to get your thought on that because that seems to be a hot topic bumping around. Uh, and again, uh, I don't know that uh, how serious any of that talk was, but there's definitely people talking about it. So I thought we should discuss it as well. So we, you brought up the University of Texas UTSA game. What other games uh, jumped out at you yesterday? And, and obviously we can look at the, you know, the top 10, really uh, no surprises in that. Everybody took care of business until you get to 11 with Michigan State. But what games uh, jumped out at you? I know you and I talked off air and you made it pretty clear that uh, the college football world is is one team and, and everybody else behind it. And, and we can talk about that as well, who, who that team is. I think most people can can speculate and predict who that is. But, uh, you know, what do you think? What did you take away from yesterday and, and where are we at in the college landscape? 
I'll, I'll tell you what, Coach Tripp, you know, we still had some really good games this past week. I think we're starting to get into that far enough down the non-conference schedule that, you know, you're not necessarily – there's been a few teams that have played conference play, but for the most part we're still, you know, week three, uh, week four, I guess we're technically week – now we're, yeah, week three because week zero is, a, you know, right. those first games. So we're technically week three. So you're still at the end of that non-conference schedule. Um, but there was, there's still some pretty good matchups going on. And, you know, there's – I thought yesterday, you know, I know we've we've been doing the the suds and duds uh, uh, topic or um, segment, and we'll uh, do it here later tonight. But there were, man, there were some teams yesterday that really, I mean, laid a goose egg again. Like, I mean, we've got we've we're going to talk about this this in a, in a little bit too. We've got a new segment for you guys. Um, there were some there were some teams that that really stepped up, and there were some teams that really folded. I thought this past week. I thought um, I thought. Kansas and Houston. I didn't know how good a game that was going to be. Um, you know, Kansas ended up proving that you know maybe they can play a little bit with some of these some of these bigger schools. But I really thought I thought the more than anything, I thought the top four teams really, um, really, really took care of business. You know, Georgia blowout win, Alabama blowout win, Ohio State uh, you know blowout win, Michigan blowout win. So I thought the I thought the top four teams from this this past week really did a good job of taking care of business. Uh, they they didn't mess around this past week, but uh, I mean there were there were good matchups all throughout the week. I'm looking at the top 25 right now, and um, I'll tell you a game that I really locked in on uh, before and after before I went to the UTA and UTSA game, and then afterward I was really locked into that Oklahoma and Nebraska game. I thought Oklahoma was really sharp this past week. Uh, I thought they looked really good. I think Brent Venables um, has has done a great great job. I think Dylan Gabriel there for for Oklahoma, he's the real deal. Uh, I really liked what I saw yesterday, and then uh, then USC got to watch a little bit of the USC game when we got back. Um, I thought that was a, a very exciting matchup. I thought you, uh, uh, excuse me, I thought it was very exciting to see USC play well because um, I I want at the end of the day I want I want all these I want the Power Five conferences. I I don't like seeing the Pac-12 being left out. I thought Caleb Williams looked really good last night, and I thought USC took care of business. The one game, and I know we were we were texting back and forth. The one game I I, I did get to hear the radio call, and I got to see the final play. But man, that the the Appalachian State and Troy game. You're gonna have to give me a little little more, little, give me a little brief description of what happened in that one because I I only heard the radio call and I and I saw the final score right there. I wonder, I wish I would have been able to see that one. Oh yeah, that was phenomenal. So you know, last play of the game, uh, App State drops back and and quarterback's looking, looking, he steps up and, and he throws the Hail Mary, which, which obviously heard, but it's not your traditional Hail Mary. Uh, the, the ball doesn't quite get to the end zone because he's having to throw it such a long way. So at about the six yard line, it's batted up and you have, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Troy and App State players there. And so the App State kind of bats it up and there's another App State player. You can tell he's just standing waiting and it's, it's like a, a rebound tip drill comes right to him. And he goes around the end. Another App State player blocks the Troy guy and runs it into the end zone. And, uh, you know, it's so incredible when you see it. But when you watch it, it, it's, it can't be uh, just luck because everybody knew what to do. You had the, the player who caught the tip just standing waiting. And you have the, the other guy kind of on outside who immediately uh, blocks the Troy State player inside so he can that State player can run around the end. And it was just, you know, from – beating A&M at A&M last week. Then all of a sudden they have college game day at Appalachian State, and then they win with this walk-off Hail Mary. What an incredible week for Appalachian State. Uh, so excited for them. I, look, I'm not jumping on their bandwagon. I know nothing about them other than I was thrilled in 2007 when they beat Michigan because as a Notre Dame fan, I'm going <laughs> to Michigan lose. So I'm not um, – trying to say that I had anything for them, but what a great story. What a great uh, uh, week for them. And, you know, um, while I was at work Saturday morning before the games, I was looking at some of the posters and, and boy, they, they were giving it to A&M still. They had one, one poster that said, uh, uh, you know, this is the only a uh, ATM like automated teller machine where you can withdraw $1.5 million. <laughs> and then there was another sign that said uh, Appalachian state college G and then the A and M were kind of blocked out. They're spelling out game day, and it said, "What's missing from game day?" A and M. I mean, A &M. <laughs> yeah. So, so really, just a, a fantastic uh, slate there. So, um, one thing you mentioned USC. 
USC to me is the the best team that really nobody's talking about. And mm-hmm. I say nobody, obviously, I would assume West Coast and, and Pac-12, and maybe because you know they play late and that kind of thing. But boy, uh, that is a team that uh, people have to watch out for if if you have them on the schedule because they're the real deal. You know, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, uh, Jordan Addison. I mean, they are ooh, they're they're scary. So. Um, I, I thought the same thing. There was some really uh, exciting things happened yesterday with that App State. I thought the um, the Washington upsetting Michigan State was was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned um, uh, Houston and, and Kansas. And how about not just the outcome of the game, but then there's a, a fight on the sideline or a fight, a shoving match between wow. two Houston players. You know, um, just talk about – uh, kind of a culture breakdown and, and, and some frustration there. You know, Houston starting off with that emotional uh, triple overtime win in week one, and and, and now they're just uh, come to week three, and they just sort of uh, kind of fall apart. So uh, one stat I want to give you, and, and I'll bring this up probably in the suds and duds, but um, Duke, University of North Carolina, Kansas, and University of Kentucky are all 3-0 and for the first time in history that all three of all four of them have been three and oh. So what an incredible uh, stat who would have thought this that, is but... coach trip coach trip. This is a college football podcast, right? Not college, yeah, basketball, yeah. college basketball, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, Man, just... that's, wow. That's pretty cool. Having those, those four teams right there, three, no, that's yeah. That's you said the first time in history that's ever happened. Yeah. That they've all been three, and oh, you know, to start the season. So, uh, so man, just just a fantastic uh, weekend, um, and then you know, just a, a, and we'll talk probably a little bit about this. But man, I, I just took a, a quick peek at at next week, and this is where we're starting to get into, as you said, some conference play. But listen to some of these games, and and we'll kind of pick. I, I think I already know the one you're going to pick, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But just just for the listeners to be thinking, there's Clemson three and zero versus Wake Forest three and zero next week. Two and one Baylor versus three and zero Iowa State. Two and one Florida versus three and zero Tennessee. Two and one Texas versus two and one Texas Tech, and three and zero Arkansas, a neutral site versus two and one A and M. So, man, as good as some of these games were this week, we're following. We'll be following up next week with with uh, some really competitive games, and, and I think we're going to know a lot more about who's for real, who's not uh, after next week. Uh, and then we really haven't gotten any of uh, other than Ohio State had played a ranked. I say ranked. It was Notre Dame, who who's not what we thought they were. But we really haven't seen some of these top teams uh, getting tested just yet. Uh, but we will. But uh, this next week will be the first, um, I think, um, our, our first chance to see uh, really good on good talent and for some of these teams. So um, pretty excited about that. Um, so, yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, uh, as we're moving along with this thing, uh, I'm just going to interject this one first and, and I'm just going to do one now and I'll do one or two later uh, as we go on. But uh, a quick sudden dud that I have and I know one of them ties directly into your uh, something you're going to bring up later. But uh, my sud is going to be that um, Duke, UNC, Kansas, UK, all three know for the first time in history. Uh, what what a great thing for the sport, as as we just joked about. These traditional basketball schools are now uh, making a name for themselves, uh, not instead, but also in football. So that's my suds. Ray, yeah, raise a, a glass to them. And my dud is going to be um, this uh, targeting uh, rule. Now, look, the rule isn't necessarily the problem. The rule's there to protect, but it's it's how they enforce and implement the rule that needs to be addressed because. Look, there's sometimes where it's where it's a clear uh, targeting and, and boom, they got to take care of that. But there are times when um, maybe the defender is coming in with the right technique, but the ball carrier maybe adjusts their body to avoid a hit, and and so sometimes it's inevitable, you know. And it's it's not the defender's fault, and it's it's not really the runner's fault. It's just that happens. So I think what needs to happen is you can still make it a penalty if, if it's that important because of safety, but there has to be some discretion. Look, they review every single score or at least every single touchdown. Um, so they've got the technology. You should be, I think, able to review those uh, for intent. 
right? Yes. Rather than if it's, you can tell if it's blatant, you know, head to head deliver, I'm launching myself versus a, um, a, a receiver catches it, ducks his shoulder and the, uh, the defender makes a good faith effort to try and lead with his shoulder and their heads collide. There's no intent there. Uh, that's, that's just something that happens. And, and I, there's gotta be a distinction, I think, going forward to say, uh, that this is not all the same, you know, they, 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 they do that with punts, for example, running into the kicker versus roughing the kicker and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, that kind of stuff. There needs to be a, a distinction between an egregious um, targeting versus a, an incidental or inadvertent. Um, you know, you look at yesterday, some of the big games, LSU, uh, Texas, uh, A&M, you know, all of those had uh, big time uh, targeting calls that, you know, when you get ejected, A&M, you know, their guys, he's out for the next, at least the first half of the next game. So mm -hmm. these are things that, that sometimes need to be enforced that way, but other times it needs to be some common sense that says, hey, uh, this was not egregious, this was not, in it, this was not intentional, and it was somewhat unavoidable due to the sport we play. So yeah, we'll flag it to send a message that we're trying to protect, but we're not going to unfairly or unduly uh, punish you and the rest of your team for something that was possibly unavoidable. What are your thoughts? Coach Tripp, uh, I mean, it is it is the most, I, I've gone on so many rants in it, with it. it. It is the worst. It is not the worst rule. It is the worst. It, it's one of the worst things that that's happened to college football because like you said, it, it, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with the rule. It, it's, it's there to protect players. You want to teach players nowadays at a younger age. You want to teach these, these, these guys in high school and college to, you know, proper form. I am totally fine with that. That is not the problem. It's, and, and it's, it's all about intent, you know, totally agree with you. If, if you've got a guy that's out there purposely throwing his head around, trying, trying to, trying to do some damage, trying, trying to maybe uh, hurt, hurt a player or, 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 you know, a really hard hit. I think it is it that right there, throw him out, eject him. That, that's fine with that. But like, like I'm at, you know, I'm at the game yesterday and, and, and in real time, in real time, the one I'm, the one I'm referring to yesterday is the UTSA and, and, and Texas one, uh, you know, Frank Harris drops back to pass, uh, you know, the UT uh, senior linebacker, uh, DeMarvin, uh, uh, you know, Overshawn comes in, uh, you know, straight up the middle blitz, uh, you know, and tackles Frank Harris for a loss in the places it's going nuts. And in real time, it doesn't, it, I can even tell it, it, it. You wouldn't have even thought it was targeting, you know, right. and it was, it was a light flag that was thrown. And what ended up happening was, you know, Frank Harris at the last second knows he's about to get sacked. So what does he do? His natural instinct is to cover the ball, you know, tuck the ball up and, and, embrace for impact you know so what you know frank harris drops his head a little bit and overshawn comes in and and tackles him and accidentally hits him in the head and and it's in zero intent there i mean it, it, it's it's the most ridiculous thing ever i couldn't believe because they did they you can review uh you can review and go see whether or not he's ejected or not i could not believe it was the most ridiculous thing ever. I could not believe after going and reviewing it because even in slow motion, you can tell there's no intent there. He goes in there in the replay and, and it's, it's plain as day that he's, he's just making a normal football play. He's just going there trying to tackle the guy. And there were UTSA fans in the crowd that were even shocked. They couldn't believe they are. They're sitting there chatting it up with, with Texas fans next to him saying, guys, like, you know, we're not, you know, I, we're not, I can't believe they called it too. Right. And I didn't, I, I went back and saw the A&M one. Um, same thing that, the, you know, same thing right there. And and I know both teams, I believe are going to uh, appeal it. Uh, right. Damani Richardson, you know, he was ejected um, and, and same thing happens right there for him. And it, it's just, it's, 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 it's a horrible rule. It's, I get, I get why they're doing it. Totally understand right. the purpose and I know you as a coach, you know, um, if I'm not mistaken, did that happen in a game earlier for Lano? It was one or two. Did y'all have a player? Uh, maybe it might not have been targeting. I can't remember. And we, yeah, were um, you know, I know a, a few years ago we had a, a big in a big game. Uh, you know, 
uh, one of our players went to his knee and, and it was a clear indication that the guy came and, and speared him in the helmet. But, yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm much more forgiving in high school, one, because they're younger players, but two, you don't have the benefit of instant replay. Replay. But in college, like I said, they can replay anything, anytime. So they, they've got to have more discretion. Look, in high school, error on the side of caution, absolutely. And mm -hmm. in college, go ahead and initially make the call, but then go review it to look for that intent. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you, you look the other way or don't address it, but flag it, you know, if it's targeting, but if it's an in, inadvertent, then then maybe take out the ejection there, you know, or, you know, tier, tier the, the penalty system. And I think we can have it where you can both protect the player uh, and, um, you know, police the game. And, and that's where you I think we're, we're missing. You, you said it a second ago. You can't determine what the offensive player is going to do. You can't determine if the ball carrier is going to duck his head or if, you know, Frank Harris last night for UTSA is bracing for impact before he gets sacked. He drops right. his head. You can't, the defensive player can't do anything about that. He's going and making a normal tackle right there. And, and it, it just blows my mind that, that, that they continue to still eject uh, over, over Sean last night. Uh, even after looking at it, it it's completely right. ridiculous. We'll talk about this when it happens later in the season. Don't get me started on the illegal blindside blocks. I could go on for a whole show on that. I hate that one too, but right. yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's unfortunate to see that. I hope both those players win their appeals. All right. So I'm going to get, I'm going to throw out some names and, and you feel free to add yours. Uh, but these are some of the, uh, you know, potential early Heisman candidate types. And I'm going to throw out some names and then you tell me and, and at, feel free to add because this is by no means a comprehensive list. Um, but who you think uh, as of now is the front runner and then who you who you think um, may end up with it. So these are some of the names I put together. C.J. Stroud. Uh, I would say B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, uh, Stetton Bennett, um, possibly uh, Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, one, who else might you add to that? And then, two, who is your early uh, favorite? And then who do you think uh, maybe down the road who will end up uh, winning it? I'll, I'll tell you what, Coach Tripp, uh, you know, B. John Robinson, is, is a, he's a bad dude there in Texas. He can run. He is – I know in the NFL it's – you're not supposed to take running backs in the first round, but – you're not supposed, you know, because running backs are easily replaced. You know, you've got a, a a short lifespan as a running back in the NFL. He's he he's a guy you almost risk taking in the first round. And, you know, the Cowboys did it a few years ago with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, looking back on it, I kind of wish the Cowboys hadn't done it. Um, and, but but Bijan's one of those guys. He's one of those generational players. He is he is he he he's a man. He's a man out there running around. You just watch these guys that he. He's already hitting holes. He's hitting holes in in college, like like a like an NFL player. And man, he he's he's something special. He's going to have a fantastic NFL career when he gets there. Um, but I, you know, he's already rushed. You know, I think Bijan Robinson. He's already you know he's already averaging over you know through three games over 100 yards a game. Uh, every, you know, he, he broke one last night for for 78 on on UTSA. So he, he's something special. I know it's hard to win. The Heisman Trophy. If you're not a quarterback, um, you know I know we've seen Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram, just a few names in the past that have won it as running backs. So it's not impossible. But you know, most of the time it goes to a quarterback. And I've been extremely impressed with Stetson Bennett. You know, I wasn't too high on him last year uh, at Georgia. I know they they went on to win the national championship, but I thought I thought he had a lot of pieces around him. I thought that defense really kind of carried him. Stetson Bennett, he he's 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 proved me wrong. He shut me up so far. He's almost thrown for a thousand yards for three games. I think he's, you know, hats off to him. I, I, I'm not mistaken. He, he might, Stetson Bennett, I think, is a six-year senior. So you give you give him a lot of credit. I don't think you should take any anything away from from being older than the rest of them. You know, he's got high IQ, and and, and he's proven that. I, I would have to say an early one right now is it's got to go to Stetson Bennett. Um, it's still it's still really early, but uh, I love Bijan Robinson. But it, unfortunately, running backs it's really hard for him to win. Uh, I really, I really like what I'm seeing with Stetson Bennett right now. That would have to be my choice right now. Okay, let me ask you this one, and and, and again, uh, you can, you probably know where I'm going because because I've been on the on the bandwagon. But what about Will Levis from from Kentucky? Um, He's good. Here, here's what I'll give you my thoughts on last year's. Here's the deal: difficult for him to win unless I think they they can beat Georgia, uh, you know, get to uh, get into the college football playoffs. 
they do that and 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 he's you know large obviously he's going to have to be a large uh, reason for that uh if that happens i think that that uh he's got a, a good shot at it um as we talked about the dude to me is pro ready he's, he's a kind of a prototypical or maybe pro, what, what we used to think of as a prototypical quarterback you know not mm-hmm. not so much dual threat but a, a big strong you know drop back passer um and, and he's one i think that that maybe is flying under some people's radar um what do you think what would it take for him to be uh, a legitimate serious seriously considered uh contender well you said it coach Tripp. i think he's gonna he's he's gonna have to rally the troops there in lexington kentucky and he's gonna he's gonna have to put together a good record for him you know because unfortunately someone like a kentucky you know they lose two or three games he's gonna get overlooked probably i think well levis is is like you said a a He's he's going to get drafted. He's going to be you know he's going to be in the NFL playing on Sundays here soon. He's got that good NFL build. He's got what the scouts in the NFL look for. So he's definitely going to be playing on Sundays. But for him to win the Heisman Trophy, he's going to have to win some of these big games. And I hope I, I know you, I know you, I know you like you like Levis and I know you like Stoops up there in Kentucky. I know you like like the Wildcats. He's gonna if he can win some of these big games for him. If he can go. You know, I, I I hope I hope for for being a fan's sake that both teams are undefeated late in the season when they when him and Georgia meet up when Kentucky and Georgia meet up. Um, but I think for him, I think he's going to keep putting up good numbers. You know, he's gosh, he's almost completing seventy percent of his passes. He's thrown for over eight hundred yards through three games already. Uh, he's he's playing up there on Stetson Bennett numbers right now. So if he can if he can keep this up, if he can win some of these big games, I think he's going to put up good numbers. It's just uh, I think I think they're going to grade him off. Off if he can pick up some of these big wins in the SEC. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Um, so um, we, we talked, uh, introduced, uh, I guess two weeks ago, we kind of introduced the, the uh, overreaction Sunday. Um, and I know you've got a new segment that uh, you want to unveil as well. Uh, but let's start with overreaction Sunday. Where, where are we at? What are we, what are we talking about with overreaction Sunday? All righty, thanks for throwing it over. I've got uh, most. I've got a lot of Big Twelve uh, in this uh, this week's edition of Overreaction Sunday. Uh, I'm going to start off with the SEC. However, I'm going to start it off with this right here. If you're new to the segment, I list off a statement, a bold statement, and not not necessarily a bold statement, just a statement in general. And we both go over it and say whether it's a overreaction or not. So, number one here on Overreaction Sunday, Coach Trip, I want to hear your thoughts. Georgia is head over heels better than everybody else. What are your thoughts on that? I do not think that is an overreaction. And, and we've talked about this several times. You, you lose 15 players to the NFL draft, uh, eight of them from the defense. Um, I think anybody outside of Georgia maybe would have expected that they're still going to be really good, but I don't think anybody expected them to be this dominant after losing all that. So it is not an overreaction to say that they are uh, way above uh, everybody else right now. Um, I've talked in the past, I think it's going to, um, the, the, the team to beat, uh, obviously they're the reigning champs. The, the, the next thing is, is Alabama because I think Nick Saban's coming in with that chip on his shoulder after, uh, you know, not winning it last year. Then the, the, NIL comments with Jimbo. So I think those two, uh, as of right now, are on a, on a collision course. And, and uh, boy, that's going to be a fun one to watch. But it is not an overreaction right now to say uh, the Bulldogs are, 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 the, are the big boys on the block and the team to beat. I agree. I'm going to go with the same way. I don't think it's an overreaction, just the, the pure domination through three games. I mean, and, and, and the offense is, is doing their part. Uh, they're playing well, but that defense is just something else. You know, graduating that many guys and still being able to just come in and dominate like this, I mean, it's it's something special we're watching down there uh, in, in Georgia. And you look at you look at through three games, I mean, they've already won. They, they beat a number one – what we thought was a pretty solid team coming into the season, number 11 Georgia. Uh, who They're number 11 right now. They were uh, – no, excuse me, they were number they were number 11 to start the year. Or, or Oregon? Oregon, excuse me, excuse me, Oregon. Yes, yes. Uh, you come in and just domination, forty-nine to three. It was nothing. They they they'd even break a sweat against Oregon. Um, have a gimme week two against Samford, but what do they do? Uh, they're one of those teams that have already played a conference game. They go into into South Carolina and just 
48 to seven, like it was nothing. Uh, they're not is even breaking. The, a, is that the first touchdown they've given up all year? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, game one gave up three points, game two shut out and game three, uh, seven points. So that's the first touchdown they've given up 10 points through three games this year. And I mean, when you dominate, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that South Carolina game was going to ever be close at all, but when you can shut down an SEC team and beat them by 41 and allow them to only put up seven points, I mean, it's, it's just pure domination. I, you know, I know Ohio state won big. I know, I know uh, Alabama won big and I know, I know Michigan won big, but if you just watch Georgia play, I mean, that team is just, they're, they are, that is not an overreaction. They are head over heels better than everybody else. So it's going to be fun one though. I'm, I, I, like I've said, I, I, they've, they've got their work cut out. That SEC East is getting a little better and better. You know, I hope, hope your Kentucky Wildcats can give them a run late in the season. That's going to be a fun one. I'd love to see both those teams late in the season undefeated. But uh, point number two right here, we're going to go back over to Texas. And I know we talked about this briefly a moment ago. Bijan Robinson has a very good chance to win the Heisman, overreaction or not. Man, uh, I, I'm going to say it's a little bit of an overreaction, uh, only because you say as has a very good chance uh, as of now. Now, look, mm-hmm. uh, I agree with you. He's, he's a phenom. And he can he can definitely um, uh, should be in consideration. I think sometimes what happens and fair or not, and, and whether they'll admit it or not, a lot of times they're going to look at those top teams. So what may end up hurting him a little bit is going to be uh, if they are not in you know the top five at the end of the season. So now obviously if 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 he if he dominates, you know he can overcome that with with eye popping stats. But when you look at some of these others, you know, Stroud's going to have great numbers. Uh, Young is, is the, uh, you know, run Heisman last year. So some people are probably hoping that, that he's going to get it back to back. So uh, while I think he certainly uh, de- deserves to be in that conversation and, and strongly considered, uh, I think that it's going to be tough unless he obviously has to have the numbers, but then I think Texas has to be really successful um, for him. So, uh, I think it's a, a an overreaction to say he's got a great chance as of now. Now, if he continues along this trajectory, uh, then it becomes not an overreaction. I agree with you too, Coach Tripp. You know, like I, I mentioned a minute ago, it's it's a uh, it's it's not necessarily it's 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 a hard award for for a running back to win. And I think Bijan's great. He's gonna he's gonna what's the is it the Doak Walker Award winner? The is that the best running back? I believe. I believe so, yes. He's gonna he's gonna run away with that. Uh, he's gonna be playing on Sundays here soon. He's he's just a handful, but it's it's gonna be hard. And 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 I think you bring up a good point. We've got uh, we've got really good quarterbacks that are that are in this, and it's a quarterback kind of an award. You know, we've got Stetson Bennett, we've got C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, we've got we've got a lot of these names coming in. Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. You've got a stacked uh, group of quarterbacks in there. It's gonna be hard for him to win. Uh, the Heisman, unfortunately, I think. Um, we'll keep it on Texas right here. Coach Tripp, overreaction or not, Hudson Card, the quarterback for Texas, has a chance to keep the starting job once Quinn Ewers comes back from injury. Okay, well, um, I say uh, not an overreaction. Uh, you know, you you uh, go in and, and uh, play well uh, last week, coming in and relief play well this week well uh, well enough to win now let's um, qualify this he has a a potential to be the start of the rest of this season I think we know who's going to be starting next year uh, for them uh, if, if he shows up on campus but uh, as of now I would say that is not an overreaction look uh, he couldn't help that that Ewers got hurt all he could do is 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 the play the hand he was dealt. And so he came in due to injury and has played well uh, in, in his time so far. So if he continues to uh, play well, uh, I think, uh, you know, and, and, and your team still has a chance to make a run, I think you would go with the hot hand. So I do not think that's an overreaction. I agree with you there. I don't think it's an overreaction. I think uh, if Texas is rolling, like you said, I think they keep with the hot hand. You know, the nice thing that Hudson Card's got – I don't want to necessarily call him a bus driver. Um, I think he's got some good weapons around him that make definitely make his job easier. You know, you've got they've got two really good 
weapons out there on the outside. You've got Xavier Worthy and, and Jordan Whittington who who make his job easier being able to – they're able to get open on their own. He's able to hit them. And then, of course, you've got a, a solid uh, a r- running game. You know, that's the nice thing that he's got going for him is they got a really good running game with with Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. They've got two guys they can really hand the ball off to and, and make his job easy. Um, I – I'll be honest with you. I'm a little surprised. I, I didn't see Hudson Card. Uh, I really thought Hudson Card outplayed Bryce Young last week, and um, I thought he I thought he stood his ground last night. I don't think he was the better quarterback of the matchup. I think Frank Harris was the better quarterback last night. I think Frank played better, but but Hudson Card did not play bad last night. I thought he did what he needed to do. He, you know, they wore UTSA out. They didn't do anything crazy, and the, and the the better team ended up winning last night. And he didn't make any mistakes. I think if he just continues to not make mistakes and let that defense, they've Texas got an elite defense and they've got good, good weapons. You know, you've got Xavier Worthy, like I said, you've got Whittington out there on the outside. He's got some good weapons to throw to. So uh, I don't think that's an overreaction. Unfortunately, injuries happen. You know, that happens. Um, you've coached long enough to see, um, unfortunately, injuries do happen, especially in football. And, and sometimes you can lose your job to that. Sometimes you can, you can definitely lose your job to injury. All right, moving on. Next talking point, we've got one more uh, Big 12 thing to go over. After Oklahoma's performance against Nebraska, Coach Tripp, and I'm not sure how much of this game you got to watch, uh, but after after Oklahoma's performance against Nebraska, they have the best chance to get in the playoff out of the teams that are sitting on the outside right now. What are your thoughts on that, overreaction or not? Ooh, that's it's really close. So um, I'm going to say it's not an overreaction because I think it's really close. Uh, I would say that right now you could go Oklahoma or USC. I think they're both playing uh, much better than anybody anticipated. Uh, the difference is I think there was a lot of buzz for USC because they got Lincoln Riley, because they got Caleb Williams, because they got Addison. So uh, people thought that they would be good, maybe not just not this soon. They kind of thought, or at least I thought, oh, maybe it'll take a year for them to gel. So I'm not surprised that they're good. I'm surprised it happened so quickly. Oklahoma was, at least in my mind, more of a wild card because they lose lose their coach. Obviously, they get a great defensive-minded coach in Venables, but, um, you know, they they lose quarterback, you know, that kind of thing. So to me, it's a surprise just to – how much they have not missed a beat. And that's a testament to that coaching staff, to, to that team, to those players, to the commitment. So I would say it's not an overreaction. Uh, I would not be surprised if, if it's them. If it's not them and another team's going to make it in, I would expect it to be USC. But uh, I would say it's not an overreaction based on you know, the way they're playing early in the season. I'm going to agree with you there. Um, I don't I don't think it's an overreaction. I think I think Oklahoma is that best team, you know, and and I know we're we're being a little disrespectful to Clemson right now as as they're sitting at number five, but at the end of the day, you know, this AP poll is not what uh, determines anything. You know, the college football playoff might go in there and shake things up that they that it could throw us off a numerous different. They could throw a different number of scenarios out there. So just because Clemson's sitting at number five right now does not necessarily mean they're the they're the first team ready to jump in there once the top four team loses. Um, but Oklahoma, I've been really impressed with, I, I, you know, Dylan Gabriel has been really good, you know, coming over the, the, the junior from Hawaii, you know, coming over from after a few seasons at central Florida, he's been really poised. I think he's fit in well in that offense. And, and he, he looked really good for yesterday against Nebraska. I know Nebraska's got, got their troubles right now, but I've been really impressed with him right now. He hadn't thrown an interception this year. He's completing almost 67% of his passes. He's, he, 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 he's, He's got Marvin Mims out there on the outside. They, they've got a great connection, the two of them right now. You know, Mims is their leading receiver, and I've been really, really impressed with with them right now. And, and you look at Oklahoma's schedule, though. They, you know, the Big Twelve is is a uh, you know the Big Twelve has got got played well this year. I've been I've been impressed with the Big Twelve how they've competed here early on. You know, they've they've got that that one coming up here in here in three weeks against Texas. You know, that game's going to be a tough one there up in Dallas. Um, you know, they get Baylor at home. They get Oklahoma State at home. I know we talked about their schedule earlier, so they've got some some favorable matchups at home this year. That you know, and, and it's, Norman's not an easy place to play. So I don't think it's an overreaction. I think Oklahoma's got a really good chance to be that that first team in once a once a top four team loses. All right, Coach Tripp. Uh, I know we talked about this earlier a minute ago, uh, so we don't have to go over it too much in depth. But overreaction or not, the targeting call has gotten out of hand. 
absolute underreaction. This is so far <laughs> out of hand, so far out of hand that that it is it is the intention I think was right to to protect the players, but I think the implementation and the the way that they are uh, interpreting uh, these hits is is gone off the rails and it's it's really damaged the product. So complete complete underreaction. Totally agree. Totally agree. Same same thing you're saying. I got. I want to ask you this: being a coach, how do you how how frustrated as a coach do you get? Um, how, how frustrated do you get as a coach when you see something like that? You know, because because you know at the end of the day, you guys coach for these players. You know, you you guys do it for for the love of the game and and for the love of, of your student athletes. How frustrating is it as a coach just knowing it's just just a ridiculous rule? <laughs> It's it's very frustrating. Look, if 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 we have a a, a kid who who makes a, a, a bad tackle and and uh, maybe leads with their head, you know, that, look, we accept that, and then then we want to coach the kid. Like, look, it's not safe, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when it's something that is is unavoidable by either the the tackler or the ball carrier, and it is just a uh, all of a sudden someone has is getting ejected because of the wording of the rule, not because of the action, it's extremely frustrating because it punishes not only that kid, but it punishes the rest of the team. And it, we can live with that if, if if there's some intent to it. But when it is just a, well, that's the way the word uh, the rule is worded, so he's out even though there was no intent and even though it was unavoidable, uh, that's tough. And, and it really feels unfair when that occurs. So. All right, I've got I've got one more I want to sneak in right here, and I, I meant to do this. I meant I meant to do this one first, but all right. So Friday night, head coach Matt Green of the Lano Yellow Jackets uh, takes over as the winningest coach in program history. Overreaction or not, his success is due in part directly to head to uh, assistant coach Neville Triplett. <laughs> that would be an extreme overreaction, man. <laughs> uh, look, uh, I, Matt, uh, Coach Green, and, and Coach Prem, and Coach Anastasio, and also the offensive coordinator and, and defense coordinator, and all the coaches on staff uh, work really well together. And, and um, really, the kids. So we're, we're blessed to have kids that come into work every day and, and want to get better. And, and we've had tremendous community support. So uh, Matt, uh, Coach Green will be the first to tell you that it's not about him. Uh, it, it's about everybody. It really does take a village, and, and we're really fortunate to to have the support we do of community, of parents, uh, players, and then you know alumni like you that that come and 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 call the games and, and do all that. So it's uh, I feel really fortunate to be a part of it, and I'm really excited for to to, to see how how deep we can go this year. We have got a, a really talented team, so but that would be an extreme overreaction. <laughs> what well, what we got coming up next? All right, so uh, I'm going to go with one more sudden dud, and then I want to. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, I mentioned briefly those uh, games uh, next week. I want to get the a pick of, of which one you're most excited for. Um, so I'm going to say, um, as much as we kind of hammered and they got hammered on them, uh, my sud, my raise of glass, my salute is to Texas A&M to uh, overcome a rebound back from that uh, Appalachian State uh, defeat and. Uh, beat a top 15 team uh, in the University of Miami. So I thought that they rallied the troops. They they did what they had to do. And, and I'm sure that game couldn't come fast enough to, to get back on the field to try and uh, erase that bitter uh, taste of defeat. But um, props to them for, for regrouping, getting it together, and, and beating a, a top 15 team. And, and my dud, my, my second dud, is going to be uh, the Houston Cougars and 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 that that fight on the sideline, letting the frustration get the better of them, and uh, just you know everything sports is supposed to teach you about dealing with adversity and, and building character and stuff. Uh, that didn't show any of it, so that's my dud right there. So uh, before I know you've got one more segment um, um, to wrap it up. Before we get that, I'm going to go through these games again, and I'll give you which one I'm most looking forward to, and then I think I know what you're going to pick, but. I want to hear what you're looking most forward to and why. So um, there's Clemson and Wake Forest, both 3-0. There's uh, Baylor and Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State 3-0, Baylor 2-1. 2-1 Florida versus 3-0 Tennessee. 2-1 Texas versus 2-1 Texas Tech. 3-0 Arkansas versus 2-1 A&M. Um, 
So of those games, I'm most looking forward to the Arkansas A&M game for a couple of reasons. One, it's a neutral site game. Uh, I, be- I believe it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then two, um, A&M just bounced back. Uh, we knew, you know, prior to that app game, they were, you know, top six. So obviously sky high expectations and Arkansas nine wins last year. Uh, I feel like they're really building something. And I think this is a great test for both of them. We're going to find out um, a lot about both of these teams, um, you know, as they play each other. And it's a, it's a really exciting, really significant early season conference game uh, on a neutral side. So that's the game I'm most looking forward to. Um I kind of like to hear what what uh, what game you're most looking forward to. Man, you know, you know, I'm 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 a been an open open on here that you know, obviously AM Commerce Lion first and foremost, but but you know, if I've if I've got to defer to another team, you know, I've I've got a soft spot for my Red Raiders right there. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking forward to that game up there in Lubbock. Uh, Tech's got a good chance to, I think I think Tech's got a good chance. Only because it's in Lubbock against Texas, I think that game is Austin. You know, Tech got Tech got run last year in Austin. It wasn't pretty, but you know that that crowd in Lubbock, those fans, they're they're crazy. They they there's no other term to put it. They're crazy. They can be throwing tortillas around. You know how you know how they they get they get down up there in Lubbock. I think I think Tech's got a chance to upset Texas. Texas is definitely going to be the better team going into that game. They're going to be they're going to be favored, but but Tech plays well in Lubbock. They really do. Uh, you know, Tech gets on the road. It's a different they, – they look like an entire different team. But I think Tech's got a really good chance to to upset Texas uh, up there, especially if Texas is playing with a, with a, without their starting quarterback. So definitely looking forward to that one. But, man, Coach Tripp, I'm, I'm going to be locked into that other – your game as well. You know, Arkansas and, and, and A&M, they're, you know, they've got it. You mentioned neutral site. You know, I I know they've they in the past always played it at Jerry World, but for some reason I'm thinking did did they yeah. go back to going home and home? Right as I said that, I I thought the same thing. So let me look that up. I think that's probably not neutral site anymore. Yeah, if you want to look that up, yeah, that that'd be great. But I'm I'm gonna be definitely looking forward to that game. And there's a few good ones on the schedules as, as well. I mean, we got, uh, you know, you mentioned Clemson and Wake Forest. Clemson's gonna get a test there as they're gonna go to Wake Forest. Um, and, you know. That game's going to be on the road for for, for uh, Dabo and company. And then another good one right here, this one will be at a primetime game at 2.30 on CBS. You've got number 20, Florida, number 11, Tennessee. That's going to be a that's going to be a really good one as well to watch. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. And then then we get later in the, later in the day, a good Big Ten game. You've got uh, uh, Wisconsin's going to be going to Ohio State. That's going to be a fun one to watch. That game's going to be on ABC at about 6.30. That's going to be a good one, and then uh, then at night you've got you've got a few ranked teams going to be playing. You're going to have a little Pac-12 after dark. You got uh, Washington playing at home for hosting Stanford. You've got Utah going out to Tempe to play Arizona State, and then you've got USC. Uh, USC's got a game out in Oregon State. And you got BYU playing, so you got some later games as well. It's going to be a good slate of games. Okay, so it is Arkansas at Texas A&M. Wait, okay, let me see. Let me see because now this says, well, this says. This says at Texas A&M, but then it says AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. So, okay, so yeah. All right, so there we go. They're, they're still there, Jerry World. So, all, all right. right, so I think you've got uh, one other thing for us before we wrap it up. So let's talk about yep. that. We got a new uh, another thing I kind of wanted to to get into, especially there was a little bit of uh, there was some highs and lows this weekend, and I thought you know what. What what better time to, to highlight those teams that had their highs and the teams that had their lows? So you came up with a good name for it. We're going to call it Heroes and Zeros. So pretty much what it is, we're going to give the teams that we thought overachieved or underachieved throughout the week. We, we both picked three. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, if you want, I'll go first. I'll go, go for it. I'll go through my heroes first, and then I'll go through my zeros. My heroes, who I thought overachieved, uh, App State. Um just the way they want it. What a gutsy win, uh, you know, able to, to, to not lose their composure. Uh, of course they're at home and then they have a game day there. Um, so I thought that was phenomenal. Washington, um, beating Michigan state, you know, number 11, I thought, um, was, was just uh, phenomenal. And then I thought, um, this one is not necessarily an overachieve, but more of a, just uh, and I mentioned earlier, I think there's flying under the radar, even though they're not really under the radar. And that's USC handling their business. Everybody knows about them, but I think that I mean they're 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 to me they're the best team that nobody's really talking about. 
Uh, and so those are my three heroes. Uh, my zeros, um, Michigan State, um, you know, losing to Washington, being ranked in uh, number 11. Um, my next one is uh, Houston um, for, for one, losing to Kansas, but then the meltdown on the sideline mm. um, was definitely one. Um, and then uh, F- Florida. I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, that, that week one, Anthony Richardson was, was he was going to win the Heisman. He was the most dynamic. <laughs> Uh, quarterback we'd ever seen and um all of a sudden man the 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 sky has fallen on them and uh i just think that they boy they they've fallen and they're not what 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 uh we thought they were after week one beating lsu so yeah yeah i know i i i totally agree i think i think we've got a lot of the same kind of crossovers heroes and zeros right here so um i'll go through mine right there love your picks right there you gave um, I'm going to, I'm going to give my three heroes right here. I'll go through my three zeros right after number one, leading off uh, with the Kansas Jayhawks. Wow. I don't think, uh, like you mentioned before, you've got some of these, these basketball schools right here, three, no, to start the year, Kansas, one of those, I think, uh, you know, Lance, is it, it is it Lance Leopold? Is that how you say it? I uh, butcher the name. I, I'm not yeah. exactly sure, but I know he's had a, he's had a great, uh, coaching career, you know, coming over from Buffalo in, in the past. And and how about Jalen Daniels? You know, a great dual threat quarterback going there, just dominating Houston, forty eight to thirty on the road. Kansas got something brewing up there in Lawrence. You know, you like to see that every once in a while. It's, it's pretty cool to see Kansas playing some good ball right now. Uh, another another one for me is uh, you you said Michigan State as one of your zeros. I'm going to give credit to Washington right there, one of the heroes. I did not expect Washington to be uh, really. You don't expect too much from Washington. There's one of those teams that, you know, every once in a while they'll, they'll make some noise. I know they've, they've been in a college football playoff. Uh, I know Drew Locke has, has uh, led them to the college football playoff one, but, but really Washington hasn't had too much success in, in, uh, in the college football playoff era. But give credit to them. They took care of business at home over Michigan State, and they've earned themselves a top 25 ranking. They come in at number 18 in these uh, latest polls, I believe, where they, they've been put in. Then how about Penn State right here? You know, Penn State's kind of flown under the radar right now. You know, I know they're well coached out there with James Franklin. He does a good job. He, he's a he's, he's one of my favorite college coaches. I think he's great out there in State College, uh, Pennsylvania, for, for the Nittany Lions right there. Sean Clifford had a good game on the road. It's not easy to go in there and beat Auburn. On, it doesn't matter if Auburn's down year or not. It's, it's tough to go in there and win. They go in there and dominate. Uh, 41 to 12 over Auburn and they're three, and oh, two of their wins this season have been on the road. So I'm really impressed with what a Penn state has done. So, so I got Kansas, Washington and Penn state as my heroes for, for week three right here. My zeros, two of them actually won this week. Two of my zeros actually won, but wow. I was, I was not expecting some of these, uh, some of these right here, Arkansas, able at least lead things off with Arkansas is one of my zeros really struggled at home against Missouri State, former coach Bobby Petrino, who had a lot of success at Arkansas, you know, bringing in Missouri State. They were trailing in the fourth quarter, Arkansas was. And- oh, yeah. But it took, I mean, they, Arkansas ended up scoring 21 in that fourth quarter to, to eventually pull away and win. But, I mean, they were down 17 0 to start the game. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a dogfight for them. And um, really, not, not really. Yeah, re- really disappointed in a good Arkansas team. You know, Arkansas, a top 10 team. I thought they would be able to take care of business fairly fairly easy at home. But I think that shows a, a, a good testament to Bobby Petrino. He's still a good coach. He's a great football mind. And, he, you know, he had he caught Arkansas flat-footed, and Arkansas was able, luckily, to get away with one there at the end. Uh, my number two right there, uh, we both had this one, Houston, just, just complete meltdown. You know, Dana Holgerson's got to do better. Uh, there at the helm for them. He's got to control his players better. You know, Houston could very easily be 0-3 right now. They lose to Texas Tech in week two, and they lose to Kansas at home. You know, Clayton Toon hasn't been – wasn't very impressive the other day. Um, and, and, and you know, UTSA is probably kicking themselves a little bit, probably thinking they should have won that week one because mm-hmm. Houston hasn't looked very good at all this year. And Dana Holgerson, they've got some – Got some things to figure out down there, down there in Houston. Then number three, another team that won, uh, UCLA. I didn't watch any of this game. I kept up with the scores. 
Um, I had a little bit of betting interest in this game, um, but I didn't watch any of it. But UCLA at home at the Rose Bowl there in Pasadena, South Alabama. I mean, yeah. Uh, huh? First, of all, yeah. First of all, half less than half full. Uh, stadium. Beautiful. So nobody, nobody supporting them. And then two, their celebration was a celebration as if they'd won the national championship. Uh, you know, act like you've been there before. Look, I get it. It's always good to win, and an ugly win is, is better than a pretty loss. But but how about a hey, good job? We got to do better rather than uh, celebrating like like you just won the national championship. Oh, it's it it's it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, oh, I got to. Sorry about that. Had another college football ad going off on us. But, no, yeah, act like you've been there. I mean, I mean, have some pride. I mean, UCLA, I mean, you guys you guys are a, you guys about to go off to the big boys here soon. You're about to go off to the Big Ten. Um, you got your work cut out if, you've, if you're struggling with South Alabama. And, I mean, that. I don't mean that disrespectfully to South Alabama. I know they've got a good football program. I know North Alabama and South Alabama, um, some of those smaller schools there in that state are, are good football programs. But, my goodness! I mean, and get some fans in the Rose Bowl. I mean, it, it holds a hundred thousand people. I mean, goodness gracious, could they not not get at least fifty thousand there? I mean, that was yeah. pitiful, yeah, embarrassing. So, but that, right. that's, those are my three right there. I like them. Those are good. I like that you kind of went and and even if the teams won, if if they weren't uh, playing up to their uh, expectation or their capabilities, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I mean, it's great that you won, but you should be hopefully improving every week, you know, working towards winning your conference, getting in the playoffs, not not struggling to survive against a, a far inferior talent-wise team. So, all right. Well, ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages, that wraps up uh, week 14. So we will see you back next Sunday, 630. Uh, T-Mac and I will be back to discuss and break down uh, all things college football. Again, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, uh, please let us know. Uh, hit us up. Also, check throughout the week at uh, Mental Dime CFB. I put uh, polls out all week about the different games or players or things coming up. So I'd love to get your feedback on that. And until next time, we will see you then. Salute.